0: Plum Creek with Love, a Little House on the Prairie podcast. I'm your host, John Hernandez. And just like that, it is now September, and it seems as though the overnight temperatures in the Pacific Northwest are a little ahead of schedule. Now, I'm one of those people who sleeps with a fan on every day of the year, and it's not just for the white noise, I just like the airflow. I've been sleeping with a fan on since I was a teenager and well the last couple of nights that fan has been blowing in plenty of the fresh crisp overnight air and it feels a little premature but I'm already feeling the need to pull out an extra blanket or two to keep at the foot of the bed. But I love fall so I'm not complaining. The only one who might be complaining is my cat. He's not usually an outdoor cat. He only gets to go outside with supervision. And he's got a rather thick coat of fur, but he will be the first one to let you know if it's too cold, too wet, too breezy, and anything else that just kind of spoils his mood outside. It's funny how much of a scaredy cat he is as well. An opening door will freak him out sometimes. In fact, as much as my cat likes to track the squirrels when he's inside, If he is outside and a squirrel slightly approaches him he freaks out again I kid you not but he is my fur baby and with that being said let's get started on today's recap today's episode is entitled the camp out and debuted on November 19th 1975 Teleplay was written by Jerry Day, based on a story by Joseph Bonaducci, and was directed by William F. Claxton. We start with an exterior shot of the school. There's a parent waiting outside in his wagon, and once inside, we see Miss Peedle fixing leaf prints slash silhouettes above the blackboard. And speaking of which, on the blackboard is written the phrase, "'Happy Holidays,' Turning to the student body, Miss Beetle says, I hope you're looking forward to the holiday, and I'm not assigning any homework. But they are reminded that their leaf collection is due the day that they get back. Willie Olsen yells out, I've gotten every leaf. And Laura counters with, Pa's taking us camping up into the hills, and there are plenty of leaves up in the hill. And of course, not to be outdone, Nellie Olson yells out, That's not fair. That's a special trip with special leaves. It's not fair. Slash. It's cheating. Miss Beetle remarks, There are more than a thousand different types of plants in the area, and nobody's identified all of them. At this point, Big Sister Mary raises her hand. Will this be graded? Miss Beetle assures Mary that it will. And the best collection will be placed in a book that will be displayed on the teacher's desk. And with that, class is dismissed. Laura with a smile smiles down at Nellie Olson as she is leaving, and Nellie is just annoyed. We cut to dinner at the Olson's. Harriet Olson, just like the Ingalls, to go above and beyond for their children. Such an unfair advantage for everyone else. Says the richest woman in Walnut Grove, while Nellie Olson whines how unfair it is. The voice of reason, Mr. Olson, says, Well, Charles planned this whole fishing trip weeks ago. Harriet Olson repeats what she's already just mentioned and then suggests that Mr. Olson heads over to the Ingalls and find out where they're going to go camping. That way, they can head to the same location and get the same leaf collection. Mr. Olsen, uh, you can't intrude on another man's holiday. And Harriet Olsen mentions, the river and forest belong to you as much as they do to him. Are you going to stand by watching your children being taken advantage of? And with that, we get a very stern Harriet. From Mr. Olson, and it gets the table's absolute attention. And I applaud the delivery. However, the follow up is rather weak. Mr. Olson states, There are plenty of leaves around the area they can gather. And Willie Olson whines, Well, it's not the same. And Harriet Olson says, You're breaking your children's hearts. And then Nellie Olson comes in with the death blow. Mary and Laura always say their pa does things for them. And Mr. Olson, God bless him, is doing everything he can to not intrude into charles's vacation. However, Harriet Olson volunteers him. She goes one step farther by saying that she will stay and mind the store so they don't lose any income. And well, the idea of spending two days out in the wilderness without Harriet does seem slightly appealing to Mr. Olson. Although he is unaware of where Charles and the girls will be heading off to go camping. That's when Harriet suggests, Well, you should ride out after supper and ask him. Mr. Olson takes a moment and then does state, Well, you're right. The children do deserve an equal opportunity. At this point, Harriet and Nellie Olson exchange eye glances. And we cut to the Ingalls barn, and, Well, Charles is straddling some wood and drilling some holes into it. It looks like he's using an upper body ogrometer. And well, it's also after dinner, because Mr Olsen is showing up full of pleasantries. It's a beautiful night, such good weather. He also mentions the new moon, and how it's a good time to put your fishing line into the water. Speaking of which, Mr Olsen brought a new bambooed fishing rod. And Charles, wow, I've never used one like that before. And Mr. Olson, well, I'll tell you what. You tell me where you are and I'll stop by and I'll let you try one out. And Charles, bless him. Well, why not come along with us? And Mr. Olson is stunned. Wow, that was easy. But it's Mr. Olson and, well, he's truthful. So he does state the real reason why he is there, which is to help Nellie and Willie gather up some leaves along with Mary and Laura and still Charles is saying he's not intruding as long as those two don't mind roughing it. We leave at 6 a.m. on Saturday morning and still Mr. Olson is surprised and a bit more excited but then also confesses that this was all Harriet Olson's idea to intrude with a silent chuckle. Charles reassures Mr. Olsen that he kind of knew what was going on because nobody usually drives out to tell Charles what a beautiful night it is. I would. And once again, Mr. Olson is having a hard time accepting this. It, he continues with once again this argument about an unfair advantage. So says the financially richest man in Walnut Grove. And Charles is still laughing even with Mr. Olson laying all his cards out on the table, Charles only says, Six o'clock, Saturday morning. Meanwhile, up in the loft, the girls are getting tucked in, and they don't look like sweet dreams are made of this. In fact, Caroline says the two of them look like a couple of sour apples. Laura, being the voice of truth, a camp out, was going to be fun. And that's when Caroline reminds her that fellowship and neighborliness is not just for Sundays. Laura continues, I wish it worked both ways. Nellie Olsen is never nice. That's when Mary throws in her two cents. She's not even nice to Willie. Laura states, it's hard to be nice to Willie. He would argue with a tree stump. Everyone laughs, kisses, and goodnight's. But before closing her eyes, Laura states Two short days equal two of the longest days with Nellie and Willie Olson. From there, we cut to Carrie with an oversized bonnet getting a piece of candy from Mr. Olson. Caroline is gathering supplies for the camp out. Tallying up that order, Mr. Olson states that since it includes items that Caroline will be cooking for him and Nellie and Willie, he drops the price from 45 cents down to 25 cents. And this, of course, does not go unheard from Harriet Olson, who has come down the stairs. Oh, you're going camping too? Of course. Caroline mentions how Charles hates to do cooking. And, well, she's loved camping ever since she was a little girl. Harriet Olson recounts, Ugh, Papa used to take us camping. And what she's really describing is glamping back in the day. But it doesn't matter because everyone is only half listening. Mr. Olson mentions how this campout would be a little rougher than what Harriet Olson was exposed to in her youth. Nonsense. She then goes on to describe the fresh smell of coffee brewing in the wilderness and it slowly seems as though Harriet Olson is talking herself into going on this trip even the thought of snakes and mosquitoes don't even seem to sway her it's however the idea that the store would be closed for 2 days that eventually stalls the idea however this is harriet olson and it does look as though she is planning something we cut to late night at the Olson's. Mr. Olsen is winding his watch and turning out the light and with a nightcap, one on his head, not on his table stand, rolls over to kiss Harriet good night and he promises that he will do his best to not wake her in the morning and oh boy that's when Harriet Olsen states that won't be a bother because she plans on making breakfast in the morning and every meal, because she has decided to come along on the camp out. And Mr. Olsen trying to go with the old reliable, the store losing money, Harriet Olson states pish posh excuses. And well, she does excuse the manor. And well, with the lights out, she starts to get a little romantic and mentions how she can't help but be excited about being underneath the wilderness sky. And Mr. Olson, looking as though he's breaking the fourth wall, starts to do some damage control and says, Oh, what about your bad back? And Harriet Olson, I won't hear of it. She's going along. Kiss goodnight and, well, good luck sleeping, Mr. Olson. Six o'clock comes early and over at Plum Creek, Things are coming together nicely, and the Olsen clan is just showing up. It's definitely one of those when worlds collides kind of scene. With Charles starting to load a few of the Olsen supplies onto his horse, Harriet then states, I'll carry the basket with the tea service myself. And Charles is stopped right in his tracks, and his smile fades. Caroline slowly starts to understand what she also just heard and that's when Mr. Olsen leans in and says I've been trying to tell you for the last two minutes and well Charles and Caroline make a beeline to the barn as Harriet announces that Nellie must get her parasol out so she does not get any freckles and FYI Mary is in the background of this scene and she is 100% rolling her eyes and meanwhile over in the barn Charles, I am not going on this trip with that woman. Tell them I broke my leg. Tell them I broke anything. Oh, Charles. With her coming along, Charles states there will be no fish within nine miles. And Caroline... Caroline, she reminds Charles that, well, Harriet is trying hard to be nice. However, at this point, needing to know the absolute truth, Charles asks Caroline can you handle two days with her in the wild? And Caroline says that I'm willing to try. And from there, we cut to the Ingles and the Olsons en route to the camping spot on foot. Like I said, all they have is a pack horse coming through the trees. It's Charles with Carrie, Caroline, Laura, Mary, who's nice enough to hold a branch out of Nellie Olson's way, and Willie Olson, oblivious to the concept of cause and effect because he does smack Harriet Olson with that same tree branch, and that's when Harriet Olson mentions that this is the third time she has been hit in a face by Willie. And then, lastly, there's Mr. Olson, and I present to you the fellowship of the fishing trip slash Leith gathering party. It's a long few moments of this fellowship going through the forest. Charles and, like I said, Caroline are leading the way with Jack and the horse. And the kids are all huddled together, grabbing at all the same leaves that they can. And Mr. Olsen and Harriet Olsen are bringing in that tail. Ooh, uh, he actually just passed her. And to again emphasize how out of place they are, Mr. Olsen jumps across a little stream, and while sticking the landing and gathering Harriet Olson's carpet bag, when Harriet Olson makes that jump, ooh, she tumbles backwards into that stream, and, well, it is a little deserving. Not only that, the tea set she's been carrying breaks. However, Harriet still remains adamant that she can do it all, and, well, she gets up and carries on. We've been traveling a while, we're up on a hill right now, and Caroline looks back and comes to the conclusion that they should stop for a bit, or we might lose Mr. Olson. And so the fellowship takes a break, and I just have to say, Willie Olson's outfit, I would totally wear that. And Harriet Olson is simply excited, and Mr. Olson, well, he collapses. And Harriet Olson, saving face, remains positive in the great outdoors. It just does wonders for your skin. Laughing ensues. Out on their leaf hunting expedition, Nellie Olson tells Willie that he needs to follow Mary and gather two of everything that she is getting. And well, Mary tries to get him to stop following and pestering her. But Willie responds, I can if I want to. Besides, Nellie told me to. And well, while looking around, Mary notices one particular plant with a certain prong count on its leaves. And well, she makes a face and decides to leave that one alone. And well, Willie, poor, poor Willie. Willie dives headfirst into it. It's all mine! Of course, against Mary's warning. At this moment, Laura comes running out of the bushes and says, come on, it's time for us to leave. And that's when Mary relays what just happened. Annoyed, Laura states, Ugh, he needs to be taught a lesson. And Mary is positive that he will. Because that was poison ivy he dived into. There's a loving giggle from Laura. And we cut to the next part of our adventure. And now, no, no, there are no snow-capped, rocky type mountains in Minnesota. I have no idea where this campout is headed and I just have to say these are the mountains that Laura needed to climb back in the Lord is my shepherd episode. Well after a number of hours of hiking the spot is found and it's actually a lovely spot. They've got refreshing water rushing by and well everyone drops everything and they head to the water to cool themselves off and well according to Charles the hard part is over. It's now time to set up camp and once again the kids are set loose to gather those leaves and while Charles slightly argues that it wouldn't feel right to not do any chores Caroline says well there's an exempt because you are bringing home supper and well Harriet Olson pretty much says the same thing to Mr. Olson, and not really sure he heard her correctly Mr. Olsen does a double take to make sure Harriet did mean it and when she does those two men grab their poles and head out and well while those two men are talking rods you know willow versus bamboo fishing rods mr Olson does apologize for you know kind of inviting himself along as well as the rest of his family charles makes the comment of how happy he is they were able to come along it seems as though their friendship is really kind of taking a turn and slightly defending his wife, Mr. Olson states, Well, Harriet just wants the children to have everything she didn't. And an inquiring Charles wants to know, What didn't Harriet Olson have? And Mr. Olson states, Well, she had it all. The two men laugh and they head out to find a good fishing spot. And back at camp, well, needless to say, Caroline has already completed setting up their sleeping arrangements. And bringing over some branches, which I I imagine are going to be used for bedding over for the Olsons, Caroline inquires if Harriet would like any help. And Harriet, and she turns it down. She wants to know this sense of accomplishment by doing it herself. Caroline, again, offers to help, but follows up with saying, Ooh, I never knew you were such a wilderness girl. And according to Harriet, there was a time when outdoors was my life. I used to be very athletic, you know. We know, Harriet. As Harriet continues to fill that void of silence, sadly, Harriet Olson's tent collapses on her. And, well, shut up. She stops and asks for some help. The husbands return back with their fishing trophies, with Charles commenting on how Mr. Olson has caught the biggest one, even probably bigger than any fish Mr. Edwards has ever caught. And, well, Mr. Olson finally throwing out some shade, says, well, he would have caught a bigger one. Of course, he will have no witnesses around to see it. And while bringing those fish home, those families are excited. And Mr. Olson, wow, Harriet, I never knew it, that you were such an outdoors person. He's, of course, complimenting her on, of course, setting up camp. And Harriet Olson is slightly hesitant to accept this. But Caroline then interjects, I was amazed Harriet was such a fine camper. She even helped me out. There's an eye wink between the two of them. And well, lo and behold, check out these fish for dinner. Harriet Olson, absolutely grossed out, but very nonchalantly finds a way of casually plugging her nose. Caroline volunteers to cook all of the fish, but Harriet Olsen will not have that. And while this even surprised Mr. Olson a little bit, And at this point, Harry instructs Mr. Olson to have a seat and put his feet up because she is going to cook him a fish he'll never forget. Aww. And from there we cut to a fish burnt beyond recognition. And coming over and looking at that fish, Charles says, "Uh, we got plenty of our fish left over. And Mr. Olson says, thank you, but I like it like that. And that's when Charles comes up with the idea, maybe he wants it that way too. And instead of giving their leftover fish away, Charles suggests a trade, Mr. Olson's fish, for some of their leftover fish. And at this point, Mr. Olson jumps at that opportunity. From there, we cut to Caroline, Mary, and Laura looking at their leaves. And eventually, we see them pressing those leaves in between two pieces of bark, and followed by instructions on to get ready for bed. And over at the Olsen's campsite, Willie, look at my special leaf. No one has it, and I'm not going to share it. Interested in this particular leaf, Harriet Olson takes a hold of it and mentions how it feels like velvet, as she's pressing it against her cheeks and her neck. And not too far away, Mary is watching this scene play out. And Laura then asks, what should we do? And Mary, we need to go to bed right now. Besides, she might not even break out. Following with, uh, if we don't say anything, at least we won't be lying. And with one final look, Mary does state, she's touched it enough. Good night. We cut to the following morning and Caroline is applying paste to Willie's face. Following up with applying paste to Harriet Olson's. Face. Try not to scratch. And of course, the only question on Harriet Olson's mind is why did no one else contract poison ivy? At this point, Mary excuses herself. Mr. Olson states, Well, I'll stay and I'll take care of you. But Harriet objects, No, you go on a go fishing. Are uh, you sure that's what you want? Yes. And without hesitation, Mr. Olson throws the coffee out of his mug, grabs his supplies, grabs Charles, and the two of them bolt. Free from their chores, Mary and Laura run to gather leaves. And then, wait, that's when Nellie Olson is following along. With Willie out of commission, she's gonna tag along. Well, Mary, being the fastest to respond, says, Let's split up. I'll go on my own and the two of you can go off together and from there laura and nelly are walking around through the forest and well nelly is very busy playing the snatch game you know snatching every leaf in sight and their whole leaf expedition eventually takes them to the river where nelly Olson places herself right at the water's edge laura yells out to Nellie to be careful and not to fall in And Nellie Olson replies back, don't say that, you're just trying to scare me. Famous last words. We'll never know what Nellie Olson found down by the water because she falls in the river. And actually, it's less of a fall into the river and more like a slow melt into the river. Laura runs over and does what she can to help the situation, but the tree she's holding on to its root system just gives way. And that plant carrying those two girls are set adrift. And well, they are floating, floating, floating down the river. And back at camp, Caroline is busy making food and Charles is a sandwich stealer. And well, Mary is already back and she's busy pressing those leaves. And where's your sister and Nellie Olson? Mary explains how they split up and how it was easy for her to move along through the forest without having Willie Olson there. And then she compares Nellie to being just like flypaper to Laura. And we cut over to the Olson camping site, and Harriet Olson is busy making lunch. And she inquires, Where is Nellie? Repeating what she had just told her father, Mary tells Mr. Olson and Harriet, and thus a new task is set finding the young ones. From there, we cut to Nelly and Laura's stunt doubles, doing the best job they can not to be identified, uh, trying to catch hold of one of the fallen tree branches. They fail, they continue floating down the river and underneath a log. Not sure how this reasoning works, Laura says, Oh, just around the river, bend, It might be shallow there, and then we can get out. But Nellie Olsen then states, What's that noise? It's the river, I guess. But the aerial shots reveal the girls approaching rapids. And we cut to Mr. Olsen and Charles still on the hunt, and they haven't really found anything. Then all of a sudden, a barking jack finds a clue. It's like Scooby-Doo on the prairie. And what is it? It's Laura's leaf bag. Charles calls out to his daughter, but to no avail. Suddenly, Mr. Olsen says, you don't think they fell into the river. And Charles, don't go chasing shadows or waterfalls. And speaking of waterfalls, Laura and Nellie Olson just had one of the rides of their lives. And well, there are no more rapids approaching, but there is a waterfall. However, the water gets momentarily really shallow, enough to the point where they can stand up, and Laura. Taking charge gets Nellie Olson over to the riverbank and well, instead of a thank you, we get, it's all your fault. You tried to drown me, which is then countered with what I did was save your life. At this moment, Laura confesses that she can't swim and she could have swam to shore at any time. She just stuck around to make sure that Nellie Olson was okay. And at this point, Nellie starts crying, bawling, according to Laura. And Laura wants to know, what is she bawling about? And Nellie, well, she just doesn't know. And you can finally see how soft Nellie Olson really is. At this point, Laura then apologizes for being mean. And Nellie Olson, well, she admits, I don't blame you. I was just plain hateful. And to stay warm, Laura gets Nellie up on her feet and they head back to camp. With paste on her face, Harriet Olsen finds Caroline down by the river, possibly to pray. The two comfort one another. Harriet Olsen confesses that this was her plan to come along on the trip the whole time. Caroline. Duh, Harriet, I know. But Harriet Olson continues and says, How this is kind of her fault. It wouldn't have happened if she had come along in the first place. And looking over at Harriet, Caroline says, It takes two to argue. If the girls come back, which is immediately followed by a very stern they will from Caroline, Harriet Olson promises to be a better person. I like you. I really do like you. And we cut to Carrie and mary applying more paste to willie you know you don't seem as mean as my sister says you're even kind of nice at this moment well mary's on the verge of confessing that she knew the plant was poison ivy until we hear off in the background charles yell out we found them and everything seems to be going great until nelly Olsen yells out, Laura pushed me and then dunked my head under water, and I lost all of my leaves. Harriet Olson, it's just like an Ingalls child. Escorting her children back to their campsite, Harriet Olson tells Willie how he has to share all of his leaves, including the special one. And while the Ingalls, just like many things in their lives, they let this roll off like water off a duck's back. We're back at school. It's the end of the holiday and Miss Beetle has made a decision about the best leaf collection. And it was actually done by two students. A brother and a sister. And shut the front door, Miss Beetle. For real, real. However, it is soon revealed as they are accepting their leaf collection homework in front of the class. They are both still suffering from exposure to poison ivy and there is a round of applause from the class unfortunately miss beetle starts to scratch her neck and her face and still applauding mary and laura look at one another mary shakes her head silently no and then they both continue to clap with the rest of the class well I can actually relate to this episode a little bit and it's not the whole floating down the river or going camping with another family. It's the whole leaf collecting assignment that was presented in school. My sophomore year of high school had me in my biology class pretty much do the exact same assignment with gathering flora from the Pacific Northwest area. Well, mostly the Eastern Washington area. However, unlike Laura and Mary, who completed the assignment all on their own, my mom, God bless her, commandeered this assignment. And instead of gathering only the amount of plants that were needed for the assignment, my mom, kind of like Willie and Nellie, gathered everything that they could. Not saying that my mom is like the Olsen children, but she had essentially come into her own brand new green thumb, and plants have been her interest ever since. Her yard, the front, the back, the side, is the place to be in late spring and summer when all of her flowers are blooming. Gorgeous. Not much trivia once again, unfortunately, popped up from watching this episode. However, this episode is mentioned in both Alison Argren and Melissa Sue Anderson's autobiography. Albeit, they bring different things to the conversation. While Melissa Sue Anderson goes on about being the trickster and fooling Willie Olson, Alison Argren, if you haven't read the autobiography already, brings up a nice little anecdote on how to stay warm when trying to survive the rapids in the water. In addition to having stunt doubles that were easily identified in these scenes, another thing that we are not supposed to see are the wetsuits, Laura and Nellie are wearing under their costumes. And while let's just say that with the water continuously floating by, cold temperatures in the water, and a bathroom, and layers of clothes hindering nature's call, well, it was only a matter of time before one of them came up with the idea. And Alison Argren actually gives credit to Melissa Gilbert on this one. However, when I read this information about peeing in your wetsuit to keep you warm, this wasn't the first time I've actually heard this information. In fact, we have to go all the way to the 1990s real world San Francisco for that. In that season, the cast from San Francisco heads to a trip to Maui, and during a snorkeling adventure, this question is brought up. How do you keep warm in your wetsuit? You pee in it. Sage advice from generation to generation. But if this was really spring or summertime on the prairie, would the water be that cold? I'm not entirely sure. But again, in the background in one of those scenes, as they are hiking along to their campsite, the Ingalls and the Olsons pass by some snow-capped mountains. And I'm sorry, there are no snow-capped mountains in Minnesota. There are, however, snow-capped mountains in the background of Sonora, California, the Sierra Nevada mountains. And the river these girls were floating on was the Stanislaus River again all this information is contained within Alison Argren and Melissa Sue Anderson's autobiographies and I will confess I just started reading Melissa Gilbert's autobiography however this episode does not make it into those pages and with that let's get to reviewing and rating this episode deep down I feel as though I should have had more fun watching this episode. I mean, I was entertained watching it, but there was just something that was missing in it. Maybe I had a real hard time just believing Harriet Olsen wanting to go on this trip. Maybe it was a lack of hearing Willie and Nellie complaining about being on this camping trip. We've only seen the two of them inside the town, so when we see them out camping, they just seemed I don't know, I'm just too casual about it. I guess there was just part of me that doesn't believe the happy go lucky nature of three of the Olsen family members. As an audience, we know that Ingalls can rough it out. I mean, look at the pilot movie. Essentially, what we are getting is what it seems like another town party, country party episode. I know there's economic differences between these two families. And who brings a tea set on a camping trip, let alone one that's fragile. And our big thrilling part of the episode, aside from the poison ivy, is the river scene. And even that scene seemed really short. It just seems as though there was more time spent with the Ingalls and the Olsons hiking to their camp spot than there was spent with Laura and Nellie floating in the river. And I don't know, it seemed as though they traveled pretty far down that river, but they met up with Charles and Mr. Olsen rather quickly. And I do love the scenes towards the end of the episode where Caroline and Harriet Olsen are having their heart-to-heart down by the river and Mary is sitting down with Willie applying paste to his face. I personally would have loved a little bit more time with those scenes. And speaking of scenes that are memorable let's talk about this week's Little House moment. And oddly enough, it actually goes to the scenes that don't feature any of the cast. It only features the stunt doubles. And I guess that's part of the joy of filming out in the wilderness and not being able to control certain things like camera angles or rotations of floating debris with people on top of it. So if you're watching the episodes, along with listening to the podcast, Take a moment and watch these scenes of, quote, Laura and Nellie floating down the river. It's just really, really obvious it's not them. In fact, I will go ahead and include a little bit of that on the Instagram account this week. And with that, let's finally get to rating this episode. And for once, I am not going to talk about time discrepancies here. In fact, we were given the time frame that this episode would be running right off the bat. Albeit, we don't know exactly what holiday they are having from school. But this eagerness slash willingness of, again, Willie, Harriet, and Nellie to go out on this camping trip just seems a little out of place for them so far. And I'm sorry, but Miss Beetle, being an educator, should know what poison ivy looks like. Apparently, it's not one of those thousands of leaves that are close to Walnut Grove. And I'm only speculating, but were they pressing the leaves in between those pieces of bark? Like, were they trying to dry them out? Is that a thing you can do with bark? And although I do applaud Laura for sticking around on those floating branches slash bush slash tree and her confession that she could have swam to shore at any time, could you imagine the drama that would have happened then? But Laura's the good girl and does the right thing. So I don't know, there was just something slightly lackluster about this episode. So all in all, it was okay. And we are going to give The campout a rating of four bonnets. And again, those are some of my thoughts and feelings about this episode. And of course, I would like to hear any thoughts or feelings you might have about this episode, dear listeners. Again, there is the Instagram and Gmail account from plum creek with love if you'd like to reach out and again subscribe follow share whatever it is the listening platform of your choice is asking you to do and still as always there's the ever expanding spotify playlist and with that we come to the end of another episode of from plum creek with love a little house on the prairie podcast i'm your host john hernandez and until next time Take care. ¶¶